And so that's why we're in this new series called Every Single Sunday. So if you're here for the very first Sunday here at New Heart Church or watching online right now, we are so glad that you're here. Come on, give them a huge hand clap. We're so glad you're here this morning. We really believe it's, it's not by accident. We believe that you're here on purpose and that God has you here for a specific reason. And one of the things that I was thinking through when I was even listening to that story, I, I was realizing how important it is for each and every one of us to find ourselves in church every single Sunday. It's, it's, it's really, you, you've heard that uh, said before, right time, right place, right? No, 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 no one's ever, Lord have mercy, C come on everyone, right time, right place, right? Like, you know, you're like, yeah, you, are you, most of us have heard this before. Some of you are still waking up to church and so you're just like, yeah, yeah I got you, I got you. I'm trying to get the coffee to come through. I, um, I've, I've heard that so many times um, when somebody's talking about good things in their life. Well, I was just in the right place in the right time. And I, I just, I, I, I had that started going through my head for when we're talking about every single Sunday. And finding yourself in the right place. In the right place. Because I, 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 it took me back to that story that Jesus told about um, the seed falling on good ground. And you know that story is so much more about the soil and finding the right place to be. Because I believe the right place is our responsibility and the right time is God's responsibility. And so if you find yourself in the right place, that's your job and God's job is worrying about the right time. And God will take, take care of all of the stuff, but you got to find yourself in the right place every single Sunday. And what I started to realize and what we've been talking about is this understanding that maybe a lot of us don't put the right, uh, we don't put the right weight on consistency. We, we sometimes have failed, and, 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 and if I could say this too, I actually believe that the time that we live in right now, that consistency, and especially consistency in the right things, is under fire. And it's hard when you start talking about consistency. I was actually talking to Jess about this. I was like, Jess, can you tell me... Um, what is one thing I asked her, what is one thing that our kids are uh, consistently doing right now that, they, that you wish they wouldn't, that's starting to kind of, and she started name. well, Watson drives his bike all the way in the house, and he's making marks around the bottom of the floor, and, and Piper is doing this thing, all, and then Watson is trying to not, and she started listing all of these things consistently, and finally she just stopped, she said, well, they're, they're breaking me consistently. And we love our kids. We love our kids. But I was just thinking, I, I was just thinking, oh yeah, there's there, there's something that happens when you do things consistently over and over. And I thought about this story. Maybe some of you have heard this before in Joshua chapter six. Uh, we can turn there. I'm gonna pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus this morning, God, for every single one of us. Father, I pray that. Every single one of us would find ourselves in 
in your house every single Sunday. God, that we would, we would have a revitalization of how important it is to make your house a priority in our life. Father, I pray for every person. Maybe today is their first day that they're finding themselves back in your house. And Father, I pray that today would be such a special day for them. Father, I pray that they would feel like you're talking to them and them alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 6. Everybody ready? Come on. Everybody ready? You feeling good this morning? All right. You guys look too good not to feel good. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. This is at the beginning stages of Israel being brought into the land that God had promised them. But the land that God had promised them, there was other people that had already settled there. And, and this was about to be a, a moment for the Israelites that they were going to see that God was going to move out obstacles so that they could move into the place that God had promised. And so many times we feel that when we see obstacles or we, when we see things that have settled in something that we have felt has been God's dream for us, we feel like we've missed the boat or we feel like we, there's no room for me. And I want to tell you that if it's God's dream for you, that there's room for you, that God will move, come on church, that God will move people out to move you in. God will move people aside to move you in. You didn't miss the boat when you started following Jesus because God will make a room for you. God will make a way for you. God will fulfill the things that he's promised to you. It does not matter if you feel like you, come on, it doesn't matter if you think like, oh man, that's for somebody else, but it's not for me. God will move those people out to make room for you, not because he doesn't care for every person, but because he will fulfill his promise over your life. And so they're, they're walking into a moment where it could have, they could have felt like this is not for me, but no, this is exactly for me. And the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all his strong warriors. I've given you that. So some of you, you don't understand that God has given you the places that God has promised you. God has given you a strong marriage. God has given you a great job. God has given, well, I don't have it right now. That doesn't matter. God's still giving it to you. God has already given it to you. Just because you don't see it yet happening does not mean God has not given it to you yet. I've given you Jericho. It's king. And all its strong warriors, you and your fighting man should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. Well, that sounds stupid. All right? right? Okay, maybe some of you have been generals before in war, and you have said 
I ain't got, you don't need no guns. Just march around something and yell a lot. Like somebody would say, you're crazy. I'm taking four guns. I'm taking everything. Give me a tank. Give me, I'm, if I'm going to fight, I want to have every. God said, I want you to do it just like this. Just, I want you to do it. And, 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 and he had a plan marked out for all of Israel on what the, and, and it wasn't just one time plan. It was a day after day after day plan. And, and, and I want, I, I just want us all to see the power of consistency this morning. I, I want us to see the power of what it means when you can actually be consistent in the right way. Because so many of us think, too, well, that's for some people, but it's not for me because I'm a, a consistency kind of person. I'm, I'm a little more of a fly by my seat of the pants, shoot from the hip. When I feel like it, I will do it. When I don't feel... Oh, come on, church. No, no one else. Uh, 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 come on, everyone. I'm talking to you this morning. That feels like, well, when I feel like it, I'll do it. When I don't feel like it, don't even think about trying to tell me to do it because I'm not going to do it. I, I, I'm, I'm, a little more, uh, I'm a little more flaky than I would like to be reliable. And, and, and this consistency thing is just not something that I am. And I would say to you, false. Because all of us are consistent. Church, all of us are consistent. But it matters what you're consistent with. It matters way more what you're consistent with. Because all of us are consistent. We're either consistent by design or by default. We are consistent by design or by default. And some of you are amening me right now, but you are on default. Your your consistency is by default. It, 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 It is something that you fall into all the time, not something that you plan for. It's something, there are things in your life right now that you haven't realized that you are really good at being consistent with, but they're just by default that you start falling into some of these patterns and some of the, that's why the, the, the Bible says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. There are things that you go on in your default setting that just aren't good. Just wake somebody up that is not a morning person. You will see a lot of default settings. At that moment, you will see things that they didn't design, that that, that weren't designed to come out of their mouth, but default come out of their mouth. Because they're just on default settings. We are consistent by design or by default. What kind of dysfunction are, are you letting run in your life over and over and over and over again? Are you letting default settings run your life? You, 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 wish they, you wish they wouldn't run your life, but 
these default settings run your life that uh, you just let anger kind of run your life. When you get too hot, it just goes on to the default setting. You, you have let deception run into your life. When somebody gets too close to who you are, you will deceive them and push them away because you have been on a dis- default setting of deception. You have been on a default setting of avoidance where you have learned over time when something gets hard, run. Don't face it. Run from it. Run from a relationship. Run from a marriage. Run from a job. You are on a default setting of an avoidance. And this default setting has consistently been in your life over and over and over. And I would like to tell you what we call that is a cycle. It's a cycle of dysfunction. That goes over and over and over and over and over in your life. And the lie from the pit of hell says, that's just me, so you can take it or leave it. And other people are leaving it right now because they're healthy, and so they're leaving your dysfunction. And they don't want to be around that anymore. And you're just lying to yourself saying, well, that's just me. And that is a lie from the pit of hell because God wants to break through your cycles. God wants to break through your dysfunction. God wants to break through the default setting that's been running your life for too long that said my mom was like this and my grandmama was like this and my great-grandmama like this and I can't ever change from this kind of thing. I've seen my dad leave. I've seen my grandparents leave and I'm going to leave too. I've seen people run in anger for far too long and so that's just the thing that had been taught to me over and over and over again and God wants to step right in the middle of those generational curses and break those in a moment and say you're not going to live like that anymore and your kids are not going to see you be in an unhealthy dysfunctional default setting anymore. You're going to break that junk in the name of Jesus and you're going to be somebody new and you're not going to run your life by default anymore more, you're going to run your life by design. How God puts you together. How God puts your family together. How God puts your relationships together. How God put marriage together. I'm telling you this morning, you can run your life by God's design. You don't have to run by default anymore. God looks at your life and says, I've designed it. I've designed marriage. I've designed marriage So run your life by my design. Run your life by my, listen, I design the way that a boss and an employee works. Run, run Run your life by my design, not default. Because default setting says I'm gonna come in here and I'm going to undermine everything that my ratchet boss tries to do. And we'll see how he's going to get this done. That's default setting. Design setting says I'm going to serve that ratchet boss. Even when no one else will, I ain't going to gossip about him to all my other coworkers. I'm going to honor him and watch God take care of all the stuff that I can't take care of. Design or default, what are you going to be consistent with? What, what, because what, what do we just read? Don't forget, this is scripture. God gave design to the Israelites and said, this is what I want you to be consistent with. This is how I want you to be a design. 
right? Yeah. I mean, uh, there. I don't know if you've ever gone to one of those box stores like Target or Ikea and you, uh, and you go through their furniture section, you see those beautiful pieces of furniture, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. How is that $19.99? <laughs> that's like half a tree. How, how are they making money? On these pieces of furniture, this is amazing. I'm buying that. I, I'm not just buying one end table. I'm buying three end tables because I got it like that. And I'm just going to make it rain up in Walmart right now all over this place. I'll buy a whole house. You didn't even know that I had it like that. But I'm going to fill up all this furniture. And so you're thinking you're going to make it look like some masterpiece of Architectural Digest magazine. But then you look in your cart and you don't have no furniture. You've got like these little boxes. They're like this. And you're like, how do you fit a bookshelf into this box? Well, when you get home, you realize how they do it. It's 8 million pieces all in that little box. And they're going to take you 2.4 weeks to put it together. And you better hope you're not married and that you're trying to do this with your spouse. Because if you had a good marriage, you won't after you put that thing together. You want, you, listen, we got, pre, we got premarital counseling for every person that wants to get married. It's awesome. You know what? I just want to get rid of that right now and throw them an Ikea box. And if you make it out of that, you'll make it in marriage. If you end up breaking up, good, because you couldn't be married. Yep, that's it. We're going to do that. I don't know who's doing that, but we're going to do that. I look at those things and it gets me so mad because I get the book that's like this big. So you put screw A and then there's this nut over here and there's 15 of them but there's one size that's this size. And you have to go through this book over and over. And it may, I don't know if any of you guys are like, don't give me no book. Because we're all idiots. And, 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 and we try to do it on our own. And once... The bookshelf that was so beautiful in Walmart now looks like a wonky somebody who had too many put it together. I better go look back at the book. Because if you don't look at the design, you'll ruin the creation. And so, and so many of us are trying, our, are trying to put together our lives. Because we know best, right? So I'm going to do my work like me, and I'm going to do my marriage like I've always seen it done. I'm going to do my relationships how I've always seen it done. And I'm going to sleep around until I find the one that's really the one. But I didn't realize that the design was for sex to be in the context of marriage, and it doesn't work outside of that. But you know what? I'm going to keep doing my own thing and push the book aside. And then I'm going to wonder why my life doesn't look like it's supposed to look like because I've been on default fault setting instead of design setting. And so God help me. Come on, come on church. Is this getting, come on. it's design. So you, you got you to go by design. Otherwise you ruin the creation. And the only way for me, for me, the only way for me to fight the consistency of default is to look at the design over and over and over again every single Sunday. 
God, find me in church. Find me in front of your word. Find me around people. Because I, I, I got I to consistently look at the design. Otherwise, I'll mess up the creation. And so, so, so God gave a plan, right? And then he said, all right, now let's, let's do this. Joshua chapter 6, verse 6. So Joshua called together the priests and said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant. Assigned seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. And they gave orders to the people, march around the town. And the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests and the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests of the horns and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing their horns. Do not shout. Don't even talk. Joshua commanded. Sound like you're talking to like kindergartners. Don't even talk. Just walk. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone Everyone returned to spend the night at the camp. The right, this is so good for, this is so good for consistency. If you want to have the right design consistency, the right community will give you the right consistency. They did this together. They did it together. There wasn't just a couple of great priests who marched around Jericho. Everyone got up and everyone did it together. And when this is when we start talking about trying to be consistent in the right way, if you don't have the right community, I'm telling you it will be hard cuz it's hard enough to try to do the right thing. Come on, right? Hard enough to try to do the right thing. It's almost impossible to do it yourself. You, you've got to have the right community. We've got to have the right community in our life. And I, and I can tell you, we can swing on the pendulum of relationships so much. So you swing this way where you're like, everybody's my friend. Everybody's in my life. Everybody's all, well, you swing too far that way. You don't have community. You've got a crowd. And you've got people in your life that you don't need to have in your life because they actually bring you down. They don't take you up. And they're actually uh, ripping at the roots of the things that are so important for you to have, but you don't have the backbone to stand up and say, I'm not walking that way anymore. I'm not going that way anymore because you want to be uh, liked by everyone, and so you stand over here, and it hurts you. But then you swing the other way and get over here, and then this is not a crowd anymore. Now it's a click. Now it's just a couple of people that you've let in. You've let a couple people in. You were open for a bit, but you let a couple of people in. And I'm telling you, and I know I see some of our worship leaving right now. Give me like 10 more minutes so I can finish this thing. And so you have this pendulum going over here, and they swing over here, over here to this click thing. Because guess what? Because you've never gotten healed when you got hurt from that one person that was too close to you. And so you're like, the only way I can do this is I'm going to have this person and this person and dang, everybody else that tries to get into my life. Because I'm going to keep it real small and really what you've done is you've closed off to community and it looks like community but it's a click 
And unfortunately, the thing for everyone else is they're not getting the great you that God has made for them in their life because you've closed your life off. And we talk about having a great community, but we don't realize that we've got to let God heal us. And then we've got to be more open, but we also have to be discerning about the people that are in our life. So God, get us right here as much as we can. Oh, this is so hard to be here. It's, It's easy to be here, and it's easy to be here, but it's so hard to be here. And the only way that you can be here in community is if you let the Holy Spirit be the boss of your relationships. And let God be the boss of your relationships. Instead of your hurt, be the boss of your relationships. I'm going to say that again. Instead of the hurt being the boss of your relationship. Or instead of acceptance being the boss of your relationships. And I'll hang with anybody who likes me. Because the right community will give you the right consistency. I don't know why community is so hard. Because we're all, we're all made for it. But I started thinking about it and I, and I, and I started thinking, oh, this is why. Because the right community means you've got to be vulnerable. And the right community means you've got to be transparent. And just so you know, those two things are different. Transparency says, I'm going to let you see me. Vulnerability says, I'm going to let you get so close to me that you can hurt me if you wanted to. And they're different. They're different. But they are absolute integral parts of a great community. That you have to have these ingredients in there. And some of you, those two things, transparency and vulnerability, they almost look like poison to you. I'm, I'm never, I, I, because you haven't let God heal you yet. And not just transparency and vulnerability, accountability. Another, uh, another huge part of having the right community in your life. So you don't move, move the goalposts when you want to. Right? You sent out some goals, and you're like, I'm going to do this. And then when it got a little hard, you're like, let's just move it a little closer. <laughs> I did it! You did not do it. You took one step. Good for the one step. You need about 24 more. But who's going to say that to you? Right? Because accountability, as much as you want to put it on the other person, it's all on you. It's, it's if you want it or not. You know, oh, I need somebody to keep you accountable. Yeah, you need to keep you in accountability. Because the, the first time that somebody says something to you you don't like, you have a choice to shut them out and freeze them out or to take it in and grow. Everybody getting real quiet. Why? Because I'm trying to help us all get better. I'm trying to help me because I'll tell you this. Oh, man, I don't want to. Okay, I'm going to just. Why do you think, I wrote this in my notes and then I crossed it out. I wrote it in again and I crossed it out and now I'm going to just have to say it. 
because I'm telling on myself. Okay, so, so why do you think churches in particular have a hard time with community? Because they shouldn't. And so I thought about it, and then I remembered an incredible biblical quote from Remember the Titans, <laughs> where, where the two guys on the football team were talking, and he says to his captain, attitude reflects leadership. So if you want to know why a church might have a hard time with community, it might be because pastors have a hard time with community. And I've seen too many pastors, and myself included, that have been closed off, that have gotten angry or gotten bitter, who have gotten too upset or too hurt. And yeah, they preach on Sunday, but they, they don't like people on Monday. And if the pastor, the leader, can't love community, how can you preach about community to your church? How? I'm, I'm, guys, you're getting an inside look into my prayers with the Lord. And I'm not trying to, like, say we're anything or everything. Jess and I try very hard to have good community in our life. We're not perfect, we're far from it, we're trying our very best, and it's hard sometimes because people tell you stuff that they're gonna do, and then they don't do it. And people tell you that they're gonna be with you, and then they're not with you. And, pe and, and before you say, oh, it must be so hard to be a pastor. No, no, stop. That's just real life for everyone. It's not a pastor that has to go through that. It's a truck driver that has to go through hard community time when they're doing it. It's Phil and Tiffany who are gone six days out of the week. How do you have good community then? Tell me how hard it is for you. So don't try to put a pastor on a pedestal and say, oh, it must be so hard. No, it's just real life. And so if I'm not able to follow real community and have real great community in my life, our church can't either. So we're trying. We're, we're, thank God we have best friends that actually see us. Thank God that we have people that we do life with. Thank God that we have people in our life and we really do feel like we have a rich community of people in our life. Thank God for that. Thank God that I don't smile on a Sunday and then after I get off of this platform, I don't want to talk to none of y'all. Thank God for that. That's, that, that is by God's grace that he has healed me and Jess completely because there has been some stuff. But I'm not going to bleed on anybody and say that's theology when it's just hurt. And say, oh, this is from the Bible. No, it's not. It's just from your unhealed heart. I'm not going to talk about any more of that. Heard that. Lord, have mercy. It's like you guys are going through my, my diary. I'm I don't want to talk about any more of this. 
I, I, Jess and I, are, we are works in progress. And I love that our church can be a work in progress. See, so some of you that have a hard time trusting people, you are in the right place. Some of you who are still working through some hurt, you're in the right place. Some of you who feel like, man, everything is peachy king and it looks awesome. And, man, give me my sunglasses because it is bright in my future. You know, whatever. that awesome. You're in the right place too. We're all trying to work through all of this stuff. Because the right community gives you the right consistency. And so they're still walking around. I mean, you think they're walking around these walls. Saying we're supposed to be here. Ain't nothing happening. That's frustrating. Right? Because I, I, I get, okay, I want to have design, not default. I get that I got to have the right community because that gives me the right consistency. Okay, that's awesome. But can you talk about me because I'm just freaking tired. Because I've been walking around this wall, not seven times, 700 times. And I am tired. And I get all this stuff, and I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm not saying that I've done it all right, but I'm tired. Verse 12, Joshua got up early the next morning. Priests carried the ark of the Lord. Seven priests of the ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing the horns. Again, the arm men marched in front of the priests with the horns behind. I mean, do you think there's any Israelites that are like, dude, let me shoot one arrow up there. Let, let me pop one off and let's see what happens. All right, y'all, you march. I'm going to sneak in the back. And I'm going to get a couple. And I'll start it all. You know, did anybody else think about this? No no one else reads the Bible like that? Just me. (laughs) On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn, marched around the town as they had done before. Everybody say before. before. But this time they went around the town seven times. Seventh time around. As the priest sounded the long blast of the horn, Joshua commanded the people, shout For the Lord has given you the town. Wow. All right. Let's do this thing. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, verse 20, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed. Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. I I, when, When I... When I read this, I thought, this is such a picture of consistency. But seeing that consistency will crush what you are walking around. I'm consistently crushing it. And why is consistency so important? By design, 
with the right community. Because there's something about you able to do the right thing over a long period of time that will put you in the place to see God do a miracle. But the problem is, is we will look at a wall like this and we'll hear a, a, a sermon on Sunday. And we're like, Monday, come on. Right? Bring it on Monday. I'm going to show Monday who's boss. You better believe that I'm going to get up and work out. You better believe I'm going to get up and eat good all the day. You better believe, listen, my family member, they're going to call me. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to them, but I'm not going to let it in and get me all riled up on Monday. So Monday comes and listen, and you're like, okay, Sunday, here we go. Well, that didn't work. Right? How many times do we think a wall is unbreakable because it didn't break on the first swing? We give a title to something in our life that is not actually the title because it didn't break the first time. And so when you start adding consistency over time, look, so I, I, I read about this, that this actually broke when I swung. You just didn't see it. Science, I, I read this, I'm not a science person, that's a, if you are, God bless you, nerd it up, but that's not my thing. But thank God for Google. And so... I tried, and I got a little too deep, and I was realized this is way too smart. When I, this, this is not my thing. But I started reading some of the stuff, and um, one of them said, the first time you hit something like that, what happens is microfractures. And microfractures are things that you cannot see, but it actually is already broke. But you over time, see, over time, Microfractures turn into bigger fractures. And then all of a sudden, over time, you can see this have over time, I'll just break it. Over time, I'll, over time. But the first one might have not done it, but the second one, look at this. This is what happens. Some of you are worried about the mess. It's okay, we'll get it cleaned up. This, look, some of you are living your life like this because your consistency is not where it needs to be. But if you consistently, come on everyone, if you consistently walk around the wall, if you consistently pray, if you consistently seek God, if you consistently put your, every single Sunday, you're gonna find me in church. I don't care if I don't see it. I don't care if it hasn't happened yet. I'm gonna keep moving forward step after step after step because consistency is what God is asking of me. I'll see it happen even when it didn't, I, I didn't see it the first time. Some of you are quitting after the first swing because you think the wall is unbreakable. It's not. It broke the first time you swung. It broke the first, this thing, 
broke right when I hit it like that. But I got a kick. Now I can see it. Some of you, the only thing you want is you want this to happen on the first swing. And if it doesn't happen, you quit. And I'm telling you, God is looking at you and saying, just keep walking. Just keep going. I'm, break, I'm breaking this thing. I'm doing this. I'm breaking that thing in your marriage. I'm breaking that thing that seems like it's too big for you. I'm breaking that thing in your health. I'm breaking that thing in relationships. I'm breaking that thing in your finances. I'm breaking that thing in your own heart that you feel like you can't let anybody else in. I'm breaking that thing over and over and over again. If you would consistently show up, if you'll consistently be a part of what I've called you to be a part of, if you'll consistently come up and show up every single Sunday, I'm talking to you who feels like giving up right now, I'm telling you, there is breaking that's happening in your life. But it's consistently happening. And some of you are one swing away from a breakthrough. And the whole fight, let's stand to our feet, the whole fight, wow. The whole fight has been for you to drop this thing. And God is asking you right now to pick this thing up again and swing again. Swing again. I've been walking around this wall for 18 years. And God said, yeah, you don't even know that year 19 is going to be where you see a breakthrough. But it's the consistency of you keep swinging, you keep walking, you keep going, you keep, and that is why God, that's why the, the enemy, that is why Satan is trying to get you to drop this thing and say it's all about everybody. Well, it's not the right church, and it's not the right person, it's not the right pastor, and it's not the right job, and it's not the right this, and it's not the right that. Why? Because he wants you to start over, because he realizes if he can get you to keep starting over and over and over and over again, you'll never have the consistency to stay in something for a long time to see God actually do the work. And so, listen, what would have happened to the Israelites if they would have stopped walking and said it's the wrong town, it's the wrong place, it's the wrong wall, let's go somewhere else, when God said you were one day away from a miracle. You were one day away. I'm going to put this down because it looks a little angry when I'm preaching and holding that. Because I'm not angry, I'm excited about our future as a church. I'm excited about our future together. I'm excited about your future and your family's future and things that are gonna change this year like you've never seen them change before. And so if that's you, I wanna pray for you this morning. Right now, all over this room, come on, let's lift up our hands to God all over this room. All over this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for every single person in this room. God, I pray that, God, they would find themselves walking around the thing that you've called them to walk around. And, God, even though they don't see it, God, you're working. 
Even though, God, they can't see what they want to see, God, you're working. And Father, I pray for a supernatural infilling of the Holy Spirit in this room. And everyone watching online right now, in Jesus' name, the power of the Holy Spirit. God, to fill people's lives and hearts right now. They trust you like they've never trusted you before.